0: What is up everybody? Welcome back to Capital University, the top five business podcasts in the world. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we greatly appreciate it. Don't forget to rate the podcast five stars, subscribe, and leave a review unless it is shitty. This one is a, uh, this episode is a pretty interesting one. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Pomp, you want to introduce our guest, Billionaire Boys Club. What's
1: going on, guys? Today, we have David Rubenstein. David is the founder of the Carlyle Group. He is one of the greatest American philanthropists. He's worth billions of dollars. He's got a heart of gold, and he dropped a ton of knowledge on us. Hope you guys enjoy this one. So, David, maybe let's just start off with you kind of telling your story, what you did before you started the Carlisle Group and
2: then kind of how you built your wealth. Look, I came from very modest circumstances. My parents were not college or high school graduates. I did get a, a scholarship to go to Duke and the law school at of Chicago, but I was a lawyer, not very good at it. I went into work in the White House for President Carter. I wasn't that good at that either. I got inflation to 19%, and we got clobbered in the election in 1980. So, I went back and uh, basically decided to do something that I really wanted to do, which is to build an investment firm in Washington, D.C.
1: Got it. And when and when you started that investment from the Carlisle Group, it's now grown to you know two hundred plus billion dollars in assets. What was the strategy, or, or what was kind of the vision for what you wanted to build?
2: Of course, um, hindsight is always twenty twenty. At the time, I just wanted to be able to pay the rent for the next month and be able to pay the, the payroll. Uh, we started very small. We had about ten people and we had five million dollars. But we came up with a strategy that changed the private equity world, which is to say, we built a global firm and one that did things in many different private equity areas: buyouts, growth capital, venture capital. So, it became an institutional firm and one of the largest in the private equity world we obviously had a good track record to be able to do it. And uh, I never thought I would be able to do that because I didn't have a business background. I'm a lawyer, but I didn't really have an investing background.
0: So what made you transition from law to investments?
2: You can only do something that's useful in life and something that's going to be meaningful if you love what you do. Nobody's ever won a Nobel Prize hating what they do. And I didn't like to practice law. And it was clear my clients didn't think I was so great at it. So uh, they didn't like me either. So I decided I would change and get into something I liked. And in the end, uh, I liked building a business much more than I liked uh, practicing law for other people. And can you explain to the audience, along with uh, me
0: and Pomp, or Pomp and I, what patriotic philanthropy is?
2: Um, When I made some money, I decided to give back to the country. I decided I would my service at the White House was not well respected by people. Nobody thought I was a great patriot by working at the White House. So I decided I would try to do two things. One is restore historic documents like the Declaration of Independence, and the, the Emancipation Proclamation put them on display where people could see them, and then fixed buildings like Monticello, Mount Vernon, Washington Monument, Lincoln Memorial, uh, Jefferson Memorial, and to help remind people of the history and heritage of our country on the theory that if we have a more informed citizenry, we'll have a better democracy. So the patriotic philanthropy means giving money, time, and energy To remind people of the country's past the good and the bad
0: so what value did you see in all those national
2: monuments i thought that they were symbols of our country and people come to see them but they don't know very much about what they mean generally if you know what you're seeing if you go to the washington monument you don't know anything about it you're not going to get much out of it but my experience was that if i could educate people that went there and then make sure they read more about it afterwards, they would get a better experience and become better citizens and more informed citizens. Right now, we just finished a presidential election and we had a very high percentage of turnout, which is about 64% of the people who are eligible to vote, uh, voted. That means 36% didn't vote. What we wanna do is have people vote and exercise their right to to, uh, be part of the, the, the democratic process. That way, we'll have a theoretically a better country or certainly a more representative country.
1: David, one of the things that you've done later in your career is you started to do interviews with a lot of your peers. These are highly successful entrepreneurs and investors. Uh, you've done a lot of these. I've listened to many of them. They're absolutely fantastic. What are some of the common threads that you've seen from those successful people throughout their careers that young people can kind of learn
2: early on in their career? Luck is very important. You make your luck. You can't sit at home in your bedroom and think luck is going to happen. You got to go out and meet people. Second, persistence. You can't just take no for an answer. Three, focus. Don't try to do 100 things. Try to do one thing extremely well. Also, you have to recognize you need to have other people. You can't do anything by yourself. So learn how to cooperate with other people. Share the credit. Learn how to communicate, how to tell people what you want. And then I think also it's important to have some humility. Not all leaders are humble. I don't think Julius Caesar was humble. I suspect that Alexander the Great, who attached the name Great to his name, probably wasn't humble. But generally, people who are really good are are humble. And I think if you meet with Warren Buffett or other people that are terrific leaders in their field, you'll see that a fair amount of humility and also integrity. Now, when I started my career, the head of the firm said, it takes a lifetime to build a reputation. That's all you ever carry around with you is your reputation. It takes five minutes to destroy it. So don't destroy it. So worry about integrity. Don't take the path of least resistance. So how many, how many books do you have published? I've now written two books. It's a strange phenomenon. I went from zero years to 70 years writing no books. When I turned 70, I wrote a book, 71 a book. And now I'm trying to do one a year. So I hope if I live long enough, I can get 10 or 15 books out. I don't know what I was doing in my first 70 years but I enjoy writing the books. David, so you, what are the- you-
1: one of the things that I think is really interesting about your career is you've kind of had these different um, stages, right? So you, you went through the, lo- the law and politics, then you did investing and, and now philanthropy and a lot of uh, other things. Can you help maybe young people understand from a personal finance standpoint, what are the principles that either you tell your kids or other young people that they really should just kind of sear in their brain to make sure that they position themselves
2: for strong financial performance over their lifetime? Well, remember, if you want to get rich, the way to get rich is not to say, I want to get rich. Find a skill that you're good at, perfect it, and eventually the market will come to you. Secondly, if you make money, don't think you're a genius in investing and don't lose the money. A lot of really wealthy people, they decide that they're geniuses in investing. They think they're George Soros or, or Warren Buffett and they lose the money. Be very cautious when you have money, but to get money, don't be obsessed about making money. Be obsessed about having a good product or a good service and make sure your customers come first. Customers have to come first. Jeff Bezos says that all the time, and it's certainly true.
0: So you've obviously done a lot in your career. What has been the most impactful or your favorite part of your career?
2: My favorite part has been giving back to my country. I you know, Making a lot of money is not that unique. A lot of people do that. Working in the White House, not that unique. But building a big company, big deal, a lot of people do that. Giving back to your country, a lot of people do that too. But that's what probably the most impactful and the best way to measure. It is this way. When I was building my company, my mother never called me and said, David, you're doing a great job. You're making a lot of money. When I started giving away the money, she started calling me up and saying, David, you're doing something useful with your life. And when she passed away a few years ago, I went with through her scrapbooks. The only things she had that were recorded of things about me were the things I had done to give away money. So I gave pleasure to my mother, and I think to my father as well. So one of the greatest forces in life is the pleasure you get by pleasing your parents. And so I like to remind young people to try to honor your parents. If you can, they probably produced you and gave you a lot of benefits, but also make certain that you're doing things to give back to society. Getting wealthy is okay. Having a lot of material possessions is okay, but you won't get as much pleasure out of that as helping other people. You'll feel much better about that and you'll live a lot longer. David, when you started
1: the Carlisle Group, you did something that was very different than what other people had done and you kind of pioneered a new type of private equity. How did you balance the confidence to go do something new and and blaze your own path with uh, some of the self-doubt or imposter syndrome that people face when they're not doing what the, the, proven method is.
2: Well, you always have to show some self-confidence if you basically say, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm terrible. And then people won't want to give you money or or work with you. So you have to, you know, have some self-confidence, but I think gradually you do things one by one, work on one deal. If it gets done well, then do another deal and so forth, but can perfect yourself and perfect your skill set. Learn how to talk, learn how to Right. Learn how to communicate with people. Learn how to lead by example. The most effective ways of leading are leading by example. Do what you tell other people you want them to do, and they will follow you. Absolutely. And I
1: guess to wrap it up, is there one book, one piece of content, other than obviously the interviews you've done, anything that you would suggest to young people uh, from a content perspective to go consume that can kind of really start to help yes. them get educated?
2: Um, I would say it doesn't make a difference what you read, but that you read. Uh, 30% of the people that graduate from college never read another book in their life. You have to use your brain as a muscle, exercise it every day. And if you think just when you graduate, you're, you're okay, it's not. A commencement is called a commencement. Because it's the beginning, not the end. What you need to do is keep reading. It doesn't make a difference what you read, though. I think books are better than newspaper articles. Books focus the mind. Take a book that you're interested in, read it to the finish, and then do another one. And do this throughout your life, and you'll be much better. Absolutely. I think we're
0: going to have to. I think we're going to have to check out some of your books.
2: Okay. Well, I hope you do. But thanks very much for having me, and I enjoy being with you. And I got to work out and build out my muscles a little bit more. I'm not quite as built out as you are.
1: <laughs> David listen we'll thank you so much for uh, for joining us I think people are going to learn a ton from you
2: thanks a lot my pleasure good luck thank
0: you so much man bye, bye. thank you guys so much for watching this was a pretty short podcast uh, definitely an interesting one he's a very interesting guy uh, if you guys did enjoy don't forget to like comment subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and if you guys are listening on Apple podcast remember rate the podcast five stars subscribe and leave a review we'll see you guys next time for another podcast the next one will be longer peace <laughs>